And it is the one-year mark of the death of George Floyd. So Don LZ and Cap with you here. And thank you guys for joining us. Obviously, it is a short show today. We will be discussing the Lakers and Phoenix in that particular matchup. And we have a ton of stuff for you in regards to the type of adjustments the Lakers need to make. And, of course, our usual uh, tomfoolery and shenanigans. But first, on a very serious note, LZ, I, I want to make sure that uh, we give you the opportunity specifically here uh, to discuss just what this day stands for, what it means, what it has meant, um, and what still needs to be achieved as we move forward and also look back some here. Well, it is a rough day for for all of us for a variety of reasons. You know, whether you identify with the family of George Floyd who are trying to press on um, without the loved one, whether you are an elected official trying to figure out what to do um, to prevent further George Floyds, whether you are, you know, someone who's a police officer and you are frustrated with the conversations because you feel as if they're we're talking past each other, not with one another. Um, it's a day for all of us to kind of just pause and just not focus in on just one victim because we know this story stretches beyond just George Floyd. You know, we're dealing right now with the new video that just came out in regards to a motorist that was pulled over by the Louisiana state troopers. And they initially told his family, Mr. Ronald Green, that, you know, he died in a car accident. And two years later, we see videos and it's far from it. He's beaten, he's dragged, he's tased multiple times. They joke about him while they're beating him. And then they joke about it in a group text afterwards. So we got a lot of work to do, all of us, in order to fulfill this this promise, this dream uh, of America. So, you know, I'm not asking anyone to get political. In fact, I don't want to spend a great deal of time beyond this talking about this day because we know what time it is and we know what we can do and with the influence that we do have. I just want to point out two things. Number one, um, reportedly the ratings for the NBA playoffs are not only better than they were in 2020, but they're edging 2019 as well. So for those of you who seem to believe that um, the ratings were impacted by the conversations of the athletes, uh, the conversations haven't ceased. So I guess your theory may need to do need some workshopping. And then the other thing that was quite remarkable was watching the NBA um, get involved with the policies of, of trying to prevent the more George Floyd from happening today. I believe they were on the jump, the executive director of the, I believe the, not the Players Association, but the executive committee that is put in place to try to help find areas where the NBA players' influence can be most useful in this space. Um, the NBA has come out in support of the George Floyd. Um, basically, it is a rehab plan or a reform plan for law enforcement nationally. And this is the first time that this league has gotten involved this way in terms of policy discussions. Um, we'll see what the fallout of that will be. Um, we know in the past that they've allowed the players to voice their opinions, but essentially organizationally, the league has not been endorsing policies per se. This appears to have changed. And so we, we'll wait to see how that happens. We'll see if any other leagues follow suit. But um, in my opinion, it's a, it's a logical step given what the NBA did, what the WNBA led, and what other leagues eventually did in terms of following the, their lead. 
So I applaud the NBA for that. And, uh, you know, yeah, let's just keep pressing on, y'all, wherever we can. Even if it's simply challenging that racist uncle who you always used to just ignore because, hey, it's just one old man. Well, you know what? That one old man is talking to other old men. And those old men are talking to other old women. And those old women are talking to children. That's how this thing continues on. So don't ignore that racist uncle. Don't ignore that person in your life, in your inner circle who makes you uncomfortable because their dialogue is helping to influence policy. And policy is what we're wrestling against today. So even if it's just simply saying, eh, I don't agree with you, and eh, that feels like it's racist, trust. That is an important aspect of this conversation. LZ, well said. I really don't think I could add anything else to that. But, you know, obviously, um, you know, as you mentioned, the NBA, the NBA has uh, has rebounded uh, from a ratings perspective. And, you know, some of those narratives are getting a little flimsy now because if you look at those numbers, um, Scott, you know, the I think a lot more had to do uh, personally with the timing of it. Right. We never play. We never start the playoffs in August <laughs> as opposed to in April or May like we normally do. Uh, so I think that played a role in it. And speaking of playoffs tonight, uh, the Lakers, you know, I, I don't know if there's any pressure on them yet. But if we find ourselves in a situation where. They are trailing late in this game. The pressure will be mounting on them because an 0-2 hole, even coming home, I still think will be something that that this particular team hasn't felt or this particular group hasn't felt. Yeah, I got to say, um, I'm like like already like shaking. And I say it like that, meaning like I'm so excited about tonight's game because I, I said it the other day, to you guys and to gauge your opinion on this, but what I found interesting about Phoenix's performance was that for a team that has virtually no playoff experience other than, you know, Chris Paul, I mean, there's a couple guys here and there, but nobody's a star in the postseason. They played, in my opinion, fearlessly. I don't feel like anybody said, we're the Suns, we haven't been good for a really long time. Ooh, look, there's there's LeBron, and there's AD, and wow, they're wearing Laker uniforms, and they're the defending champs. We should just lay down and die because those are the guys that are supposed to win. I mean, they're entitled to this. I felt like Phoenix played fearlessly. Now, if Phoenix comes out tonight, and they are a little bit more uptight, like, We've got this lead. We got to protect it. Forget it, man. You got to just let it fly. Nobody thinks Phoenix is going to win. It doesn't matter where they were in the playoffs, where the Lakers were. Even Vegas has the Lakers again tonight as the favorite. If I'm the Lakers, though, this is must-win territory. And you say no, not mathematically. What I'm saying is this, is that they're even talking. Andre Drummond is talking about we haven't really had that much time. We have had some problems with, you know, chemistry and knowing where everybody's supposed to be. And we haven't had a whole bunch of practices. We haven't played a bunch together. If you get down 0-2, yeah, you got two straight games at home, but you find yourself in a monster hole against the team gaining confidence. If you're Phoenix, you got to win this game tonight and try and bury the Lakers. And if you're the Lakers, the pressure's on. you got to even it up. Hey, all eyes, guys, on Anthony Davis tonight. Well, certainly Anthony Davis was the focus for many of us, you know, after Sunday's game. But this is also an opportunity for LeBron to reassert himself and remind people who he is this time of year. Now, those of us who follow his career closely or who aren't not just necessarily just haters and contrarians, we know that game one, particularly in the first round, is not unusual for him. 
He wants to see what the opposition is about, what the defensive scheme is, what the rotations may be, and how he can best exploit mismatches. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's always done. Typically, um, he doesn't find himself in 0-2 holes in any circumstance, <laughs> typically speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, minus the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> right. It's like the only team that can sit up and say, oh, yeah, we routinely put him in 0-2 holes. So it's going to be a tall task for Phoenix um, because of that factor of LeBron. It's going to be a tall task for Phoenix because of the factor that Anthony Davis heard all the whispers, heard all the noise, wouldn't just whispers, someone with bullhorns. Yeah, he was making some of the noise. Yeah, he's going to want to respond to that. But this is a confident team. Um, They do feel as if they have something that the Lakers don't have, and they're going to try to maximize that. You know, uh, what you're talking about, LZ, about LeBron and feeling out a team in a series in game one and then storming out in game two, I say all eyes on AD just because of what you said. You know, we've all been talking about it ever since Sunday. You know, 13 points, only 5 for 16 from the field. A lot of people questioning his defense, et cetera, et cetera. I suspect that LeBron comes out tonight and tries to assert himself, not just at the beginning and then get everybody involved, I'm talking from wire to wire. I suspect LeBron comes out and goes, instead of 18 points like last game, I'm thinking like 42 points. I'm talking like really, really big scoring performance for LeBron tonight. Well, I I do think LeBron needs to be more aggressive. You know, we talked a little bit about being a feel-out game for him, right? Like it's just kind of the way he does things in game one. But I guess he he didn't also anticipate Anthony Davis to – feel it out I guess too for lack of a better phrase oh, now, is that look, what he was doing I mean look I don't know he said he didn't play well so maybe that's not even it like yeah you know we'll use his words he said he played poorly right so you know if that was the case then so be it like they need to figure some stuff out I do think that while Anthony Davis is the biggest key I don't think there's any question I will remain steadfast with that belief um you know and, and one particular I, I do think there's more that they can do but before I get to that LZ what I would say is if you really look at Anthony Davis's poor performance in a nutshell, it wasn't even just on offense, right? And by the way, this isn't just on Anthony Davis either. Andre Drummond plays a factor in this. So the Phoenix Suns had an offensive percentage, uh, offensive rebound percentage rate of 42%. Just to give you some context, guys, 42% offensive rebound rate would have been like (laughs) – ridiculously number one by a mile okay if if it was the regular season the New Orleans Pelicans had an offensive rebound rate of 29 percent and they led the league okay so that just goes to show you how poorly they rebounded as well in that game and you know that's on Anthony Davis and all uh, you know on all the guys really but him specifically right because he didn't rebound the ball very well or at least not as well as we're accustomed to so before I get into the even the other stuff that they can do to me, yes, it falls squarely on him. I, while LeBron can do better, Anthony Davis has to play this game like we saw him play it in the bubble, basically, last year. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm a little skeptical. And, and look, I know But Anthony due to did, injury, you're saying? Like, you don't feel like he's right, is what you said yesterday still. I, I still question whether or not he's physically right. That's number one. Number two, I also question if he's emotionally feeling like his body is right and therefore he can just do all of the things he used to be able to do. Um, I'm, I'm just, I got to see it. Look, I, I think we talked about it yesterday. If you go back to May 9th 
when the Lakers played the Suns, Anthony Davis had 42 points in that game. That's the game where he was saying, I'm back, we're back. Well, if you declared it back then on May 9th, we're getting to the lighter part of the month. You're down 0-1, you're still on the road, you got to make a statement tonight. If you're back, tonight's the night to prove you're back. Uh, you prove you're back, prove you're the number one in waiting, prove that you're not just a top five talent, but a top five player. You know, I've said it all along. He's been, you know, one of those cheat codes that if you try to out small ballers, you're just going to be helpless. Right. But I did not mention, but if Anthony Davis decided not to take advantage of the situation, mm-hmm. you can win the game. Right. And that's what happened. Yep. He decided not to take advantage of the situation. And, you know, maybe one day it'll be a 30 for 30 or maybe it's in his bio autobiography or something. He'll tell us why he likes to float in critical moments of the playoffs. <laughs> but until then, we just got to, you know, roll with it and hope all of the criticism from both inside the NBA as well as those of us outside of the league um, gets to him. And he hangs 20 on him in the first half and all is well in the world. Yeah, you know, George, you bring up a really interesting point about rebounding, you know, and it's not just Anthony Davis. It's not just Drummond. You know, what was so fascinating to me was watching the much smaller Phoenix team go in and grab or tip offensive rebounds. Yes. So, so I think, you know, tonight, concerted effort to, to really, really out-rebound Phoenix. And I just want to say this. I, I know you guys thought I was a little nuts yesterday, but I'd like to see more just than yesterday? seven minutes out of THT. I'd no. actually, I'd like to see Gasol get in and, and just play a few minutes. Um, Maybe. And, and I'd actually also, if they get down and, and nobody's hot, like give Macklemore a chance to get in and just bomb away. I mean, there, there are other guys on this bench that have skills that could contribute, especially if other guys are struggling. You're talking about Frank now. Yeah, I am. You're actually. talking about Frank's willingness to, to experiment. Yeah. Now, he did unleash that defensive squad that I talked about that he had against the Golden State Warriors. He did unleash that same squad against the Phoenix Suns, and each time he did, they got back in the game. The problem was, as soon as LeBron sat down, the lead got built back up again. So when the death defensive squad was on the floor, that's when you saw them make their run, get it down to six, down to four, things of that nature. LeBron sits down, boom, and it inflates right back up again. So they have to maintain that defensive intensity whether LeBron is on the floor or not, but also, more importantly, on the offensive end, we have to be efficient. Yeah, and I agree with all that, but I do think there's some tinkering to be done, and I think it will be done by Frank Vogel, and I'll explain what that means in a second. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yes, sir. Sedano, LZ and Cap. We got a short show here. Only till 530, taking you right up till game time. Michael and Slee will have the pregame. Michael and John will have the call. So we'll get you locked and loaded here in a second. I've got some stuff that Frank Vogel can tinker with. LZ, I don't know how much you're going to love it. I'll just tell you that. I'll get you to that. To, I already know. The okay, wait, wait, wait. The conventional wisdom is to start AD at the five or Marc Gasol at the five. At most, bring Andre Drummond off the bench because of the makeup of the team. 
and have them take advantage of small ball from the very beginning as opposed to letting Phoenix get their feet wet and then trying to adjust. Okay, I, that one of those options is correct, and I will tell you which option it is in just a second. But before we move on here, um, I saw today that they are making one more final jackass movie, and Johnny Knoxville did a, um, a story on GQ. Mag- they did like an interview at GQ Magazine, like a big spread with him. And this dude, man, he's got gray hair. He looks old as hell. And, you know, these guys on Jackass. Now, I remember how popular that show was on MTV for many, many years. Obviously, it spawned off a number of movies with plenty of uh, cameos from entertainers, athletes, and whatnot from all different cross crosses of the uh, sports and entertainment world. Um, let me ask you j- this question, though. Mm-hmm. Is there any amount of money that anyone can pay you to make you go through physical pain for entertainment purposes? Like, you know, these guys do crazy, crazy things, to, and they hurt the themselves. What's that? <laughs> you mean besides this show? Almost? Besides this show, yes. Oh, like, okay. is there an amount of money? Like, these guys have become rich, but their body has taken a toll. We talk about this a lot with football players. And I was going to say, how is this different from football? Okay. Right, right, right. Except, but, they mess, except they make less money and get more pain. <laughs> okay, so you would you would put your body through the no, stuff I go, that these guys. I would go play through? football. I wouldn't be doing no jackass movies. I'd be playing <laughs> right. football. But if I couldn't play football, I mean, if I'm willing to play football, if I'm willing to play hockey, if I'm willing to, you know, hell, if I'm willing to dig a ditch, why not? Why not? Yeah, because, like, I'm trying to remember the original Jackass movie, which, by the way, you know, we talked yesterday about the the Fast and the Furious. Do we really need Fast and the Furious 9? Well, these franchises make money, so they keep on making them, and the same thing goes with this. Remember in the first Jackass? I don't remember which one of the Jackasses it was, but he gets into a boxing ring with a female who's, like, uh, Asian, Korean, like, boxing champ, and he thinks, you know, he's big, she's small, he's going to beat her up, and she winds up kicking the ever-living hell out of this guy. Like, if you said to me, look, I'll pay you, and we gotta we gotta do the right deal here, to get into a boxing ring, headgear, everything else with this this person. I mean, you know, the right price I might consider it. I give it some thought. Um, Greg, let me ask you this: Johnny Knoxville was 29 years old when Jackass hit MTV in 2000. Okay, and you know, since then, for a stretch of like a decade or so, put his body through all sorts of crazy things. Is there an amount of money that you would that you would want that you would take? to put your body through the stuff those guys have put their bodies through. For those 10 years, it, you got to pay me a lot. I'm talking like millions. Right. To get like, that. Would you, would you take would you they're take their millions. life? Right. They're Did, making millions. They're would making you take millions. their life? Is oh, my question. Jeez. That's I mean, the question. Would you take Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O and all those guys' lives and the millions that come with it, but you will take the beating that their bodies have taken. Didn't Johnny Knoxville like sleep with like Jessica Simpson or something, or, or were they just in a movie? I don't together? know if he did or did it, but uh, well, that's I'm, all sure, I'm sure they factor. pulled. I'm sure they pulled pretty good. <laughs> that's part of well, the equation listen, you're saying. When he right. said the damage done to the body, I was like, we need to talk about the pleasure done to the body too. It wasn't all damage. <laughs> okay. Okay. But nah, no, 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 no. I, I can't do that. That is, it's just way. Not for way all the millions much. they've made. No, because like, look at what his life is now. He's like kind of like a joke. He's 
people don't really take him seriously. It was a joke before. It doesn't right, matter. Right, the whole yeah. thing. Who, <laughs> who took him I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think, I mean, he was a stuntman. So, so he was like, known as a jackass. Who was taking him seriously? Right. Like, <laughs> right. I, I mean, the whole, yeah, I don't think he was going in this to be Sir Lawrence Olivier. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, or Denzel, right? Like, that right. wasn't the goal here. Look, so. I want to be able to say yes. I want to say, yeah, yeah, for all but that you, money and all those women. But you know yourself. You're, yeah. You won't do it. No. I, you know what? I wouldn't do it either. I'm tell- I'm with you. That's why I say that. And and I I you no no you're not putting connecting electric crap to my nipples and stuff that these guys have done. No chance in hell. I'm not doing it now for any amount of money. I draw the line at that kind of ridiculousness. You draw the line at nipple execution. Yes, nipple electrocution. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they did some funny stuff too. Like they would go on golf courses and just yell at people when they're taking their tee shots. Well, that stuff is fine. <laughs> right. right. But I'm talking about the the physical stuff that they had to do. He's been in Men in Black 2, A Dirty Shame, The Dukes of Hazard, The Lords of Dogtown, The Last Stand. Yeah, he he's made a living off of it. He's after made a living. Yeah, he yeah. turned himself into. I mean, I don't know if I'd say the legitimate. He turned himself into an actor. Ish. Yeah, but he yeah. went from stuntman slash comedian to oh, there's other roles for me. And people know who I am, so I have just an ounce of cachet, and that's why they cast me in these roles. Yeah, think about it, Greg. You do a couple of these movies, you can have a room dedicated to putting hats on walls. Like, all four walls, just nothing but your hats. I can and have your my house. own room? I can have my own room of hats? If she allows oh, you. Oh, see, now if all of a sudden. If she allows you. Oh, yeah, if she allows <laughs> you. <laughs> if she allows you. <laughs> I mean, if I can have my own room of hats, then I might have to start thinking differently. And all you got to do is get hit in the testicles like maybe 10 times. <laughs> no big I mean, deal. There is a lot of hitting in the testicles for these guys over the years. It's like yeah. working with you guys. Yeah. Oh, no. No, every day. no. We metaphorically hit you. <laughs> right. No, these are <laughs> actual, like, are yeah. Literal. Actual blows. Yes. To, not, not the, the, you guys no, think no. Uh, they were all sitting around Blows one to day. the body, as it is. Yes. Yeah. 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 They're, yes. they're drinking. They're smoking weed. They're like, hey, you know what we should do? We should do videos about us kicking each other in the nuts. Like, don't you think people would find that to be really funny? And, and that's how they started doing yeah. crazy stuff like that, basically. Right. I just don't know who. Like, me and my buddies have never come up with such brilliance. I got to be honest. Yeah, but I also would not want that. Like you can't be you can't be my friend, kick me in the nuts, and then all of a sudden we're still friends. Like on purpose? No. It's all a thing. Yeah. It's all part of it. No, I get I get it. I get that part. What's but, I mean, what's worse? Yeah. Getting kicked in the testicles by your bandmates, if you will, or getting high and strung out with your bandmates, if you will. Like what's you know what I'm saying? Like we we all know about the bands and all their friends and how you know many of them have these tragic stories because of drug abuse and everything else. Blah 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 blah. I mean, it really isn't too much different than playing sports, than being a rock star, than you know being an actual stuntman. Even though the stunt people who are you know employed obviously are better prepared for the end of that stunt, nonetheless. You know, they're putting their bodies at risk and they're making money off of it. Except Johnny Knoxville has figured out a way to make the most money the out of most doing money that. Out of it, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. It's not that not, crazy. I not think I me. could do it. I think I could actually pull it off. I, I think that if the if the price were right and I had the physical ability, that I think you could pay me to do some of the stupid stuff they do. Fully okay. believe that, by the way. I, I fully believe, believe that yeah. you would try it. Yes. Yeah, I think you're that no. ridiculous. Yes, that you would try it. I, I have no, no, I'm no, I have no interest in it. So See, I'd rather have the guys. I'll give him a list, Greg. This is the stuff I'm willing to burn off and lose. 
All right. <laughs> I'll list the specific toes. I'll say, you know, these four or five locks in my hair. If you want me to sacrifice these locks, these are the ones I want you to take. Here's a list of things that you can't touch. My goodies. My baddies. Yeah, but my, then, then you're you know? out. That's it. You're out. You, no, many, no. I, I, gave some to- I gave him some toes and some hair. That's a lot too of stuff. Ma- too many rules. No, they're not doing that. They're not All right, five them. toes. You get five toes, jackass. Five toes. That's it. Do you have to take all five from the same foot, or can you no, choose three and two? Out. I'm yeah, spreading okay. them out. Yeah. Including, <laughs> your, including your <laughs> well, feet, Well, yeah, too. you need them for yeah. balance. Well, you can't well, LZ, take them all. Elsie, you know? I'm offering the big toe of my left foot, the one that still hasn't grown back the toenail, that one is up for grabs. You want yeah, to that's take not something? A sacri- that, that's not a sacrifice. That, you, know, you got to sacrifice, my man. Yeah, at that point, they're doing me a favor, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, you can't be offering it up. Yeah. yeah. All right, listen, let's get into the way that, that Frank Vogel can tinker with this particular lineup in a way that will positively impact the Lakers particularly on offense, where I feel like they're struggling. We'll do that on the other side, plus overrated, underrated, or properly rated. We'll do the game first, do two questions on the game, and then get into that. So stick around for that. All right. Thank you very much, Chris. LZ, we'll start with you today. Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor in the Marvel Universe. That's more for Cap than anyone else. Say, Why are you Thank you. This to me? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you. You know LZ. But uh, he shared a picture of him on Instagram holding his son's hand on set for the new Thor movie with the caption, holding my little man's hand and asking him the age-old question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Dad, I want to be Superman. Lucky I have two other kids. Is, <laughs> is this photo caption overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Ah, uh, so properly rated. He's so witty. He truly is. You know, I was really fortunate to have the opportunity to interview him several times during his run so far as Thor. And each time, man, he's just quick, aware, um, nimble, self-depreciating. He's like the perfect, like, get for, like, an interview. So he totally nailed it with his son. Absolutely. That's hilarious. I'm going to say a little underrated uh, because if you haven't seen it, the picture is freaking adorable. I mean, first of all, Hemsworth is like, he, I don't know how tall is he, LZ. I mean, you interviewed him. I haven't met him. I've never he's seen about, him. He, I would say he's probably like three inches taller than me, so that makes him like 6'4", probably. So he's a big dude. Um, interesting, the picture, by the way, is his upper body is turned. And I mean, just shoulders, lats, traps, guns. I mean, he is just yoked. And down below, it looks like one of those guys in the gym that never does legs. He just looks super skinny down below. But he's holding his little man's hand, and he's got the cape on. And so I don't know if everybody's seen it. I hadn't until I looked it up. And because of that, I got it as underrated. Very cute. <laughs> it is cute. I will, I'll just go properly rated. What's next, Greg? All right, Sedano. Kenny Mayne had his final Sports Center last night and interviewed Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and it's made a ton of news. <laughs> yes, it has. Yeah, he yeah. ended the interview with the last time that we, we talked. You told me to invest heavily in cryptocurrency, which I did. We're down 40%. Then I lost my job. Gretchen, his wife, just wants a new comforter. F you, Aaron Rodgers, and walked off. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> is this ending from Maine overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Properly rated. It is the exact way I expected Kenny Maine to go out, um, you know, in a blaze of glory. It is exactly who he's been, who he's always been. There has not been a person at ESPN, well, arguably. Uh, there, I, I don't think there's anyone that's been more true to himself and and just, like, willing to be different than him right like and it is it's all it's it's all now are you are you coughing because you're saying it should be you um 
I'm talking about from a personality perspective, Elsie. I'm sorry. I was, I was just eating shredded wheat when yeah. you were, were saying the, the, the gay guy. I mean, think about it. He came on sports. homophobia for like the last 20 no, plus years I, I, in sports I know, media. LZ. I was talking been... about his delivery and personality on the air. I wasn't referring no, to him no, as a person. Just... You as a person you, and Israel Gutierrez nobody, as a person. Nobody has fought more harder than. No, I didn't say he fought more harder. I said no one has be been himself. more true to his personality <laughs> than Kenny Maine. And that is the case. That and I'm he... giving you my personality right now in my rebuttal. To let you know how true I am to my personality. You, you are. You are. But your personality on the air is what I'm referring to. Is your personality on the air has never has, has never wavered either. But he was also someone that they didn't think would fit ever on this place. And he t- he showed them that it, it fit. So I, I I okay, anyway, properly rated. <laughs> Just flamed out. I'm gonna go underrated. Here's why. More often than not in this industry. When you're done, you're done that day. Pack your crap, get out, and, well, wait, can I go on the air and say, you know, hey, goodbye, I love you, thanks for the support. And he did. He got it. I know, but most people don't get that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Most people are like, no, get out now, because management would be worried about what are you going to say on the air. Kenny Mayne was granted that terrific opportunity, and for him to have left the way he did on that very high note with a superstar like Rodgers who's embroiled in the middle of this controversy and to leave him with that, that F you goodbye was just classic Kenny May. And I was happy I actually caught it last night. And I just think it's, it's an underrated story. By the way, I don't know about you guys. I've been trying to figure out what happens to Kenny next. Um, I kind of think he'll show up at like NBC Sports because they're the home of all the Triple Crown horse racing, and I think that they throw him in. As well, he's a already doing a bunch of commercials. I think it's like there's he's got a bunch of commercials lined up. He's already said so. Good for um, him. And the LA Times gave him an opportunity to write uh, yeah. his story, LZ's paper. So who knows? Maybe he'll start writing some. Um, I got underrated. Next. Uh, all right, so sorry, Michael. Michael's having a having a talk. All right, so Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are a very famous acting couple and are worth more than one hundred and fifty million dollars so combined. I'm so excited. They also sorry. have two daughters, aged six and four. So I don't think this is what you're talking about with a quiet place too. A six and four, and they are not telling them about their fame and hope that they don't find out anytime soon that they are famous. Is this method of keeping your kids humble, overrated, underrated, or properly rated, Scott? Overrated. I think that, um, you know, sharing with your children, like, hey, this is what mommy does, this is what daddy does, this is who we are. I mean, listen, maybe they're little kids and they don't really get it yet, but just on initial thought, like, we got to hide it from them. We don't want them to know. We want them to be grounded. I like that part of it, but my initial thought, as soon as you ask, should we try and hide from our kids who we are, what we do, what we have? I think that's overrated. How old are these kids? Six and four. My seven-year-old, who just turned seven, still doesn't un- totally grasp the concept of what I do. So, Ooh, are you uh, famous, I, George? I, 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 look I, at you tooting your own horn. I, I'm I like just it. saying. You like, are famous, we, though. Everybody knows Sedano. We are we in sports are D level celebrities at best. No, okay? you're, no, you're a B. You're a B plus. No, definitely People, not. Are you kidding me? From highly questionable to, to being on ESPN, people know who you are. Uh, so anyway, you can D-list, get a table anywhere. So like my daughter the other day, I said to her, "Honey, I gotta go do a game in Dallas on on Friday," and she was like, "Not happy that I had to leave." She didn't understand. She's like, 
is that the, where they're going to have the basketball game? And I'm like, yes, that's where they're going to have the basketball game. And I just leave it to just something something as simple as that. I just don't think kids at that age can comprehend no, what famous not, is. They not don't get four it. And six, but when they get to be 12, 15. Right, that's you know, different. It's it's actually good for the kids because it gives them a leg up. It gives them a little bit of an advantage. And that's yeah. what we all want for our kids is some kind of advantage. Now, that doesn't mean you tell them they're better than anyone else. No, agreed. But if it makes their path easier, it's great. Yeah. So LD. did you tell did you tell your kids, Michael, about uh, how famous I was at one time? No, because a lot of people. Say, why you say was? That's past tense. Yeah, well, I, that's when I was uh, you know a lot younger. But yeah, my kids are, aware, were aware that I was a Laker and I had some fame along the way. And and you, you just teach your kids values about even though you are blessed, that doesn't make you any better than anyone else, and you treat everybody fairly. That's how you do it. Yeah, my son didn't piece it together until we were in the White House together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that one, he, that one will kind of nail it for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he looked over. It's like, why am I the only kid here? Right. And I was like, because you're mine. And because of your fame, you was able to right. give, him, give him that great <laughs> and, experience. And he was like, and that's when he started to piece together. Wait, are you somebody? That's right. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, yeah. I was like, no, but I know somebody who knows somebody who could be somebody. That's right. <laughs> I sort of left it at Take that. Take advantage of those connections, man. That's what we well, all want in life know, is good connections. You know what was funny? You guys were talking about this. My son grew up going to all these NFL football games with me. And when there were times when we would go to an NFL football game, he'd be like, why aren't we on the field? I'm like, because in this particular game, I'm not working and we're not on the field. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought that's the deal i'm like no that is not the deal yeah that is a very unique experience that's to right. be on the field and as long as they appreciate it that's all that matters you know that we yep. did michael thompson trivia uh yesterday you, you did did anybody yes. guess anything right um, well there were I a lot of people right. that guessed things right yeah it's only I, I, because george gave away the answer when i had this brilliant question about you being no, drafted I wanted the opposite. To know. no that's not what happened the only thing happened? that i missed michael that? just so you know oh. i even started i named your children what I, I i knew it all the only thing i missed yesterday and i'm mad about it was i said 86 and not 87 the year that you were traded yeah, yeah, 87, 80, February, February of 87. February 13th, yeah. Friday afternoon in 1987. Not that I remember. Yeah. Mine was, I was most embarrassed by not knowing the third team that Michael played for. What? Come yeah. on. Yeah. Only a five-time champion. I set the tone for David Robinson and Tim Duncan. <laughs> you sure did. That's what I like to think anyway. It's you worse than, teams? at least it wasn't like Laura who didn't know that you wore 43. Yeah, I mean, come on. She's driving in and listening, probably. Yeah. So. You did wear double zero, it says, according to Basketball Reference. Did yeah, you wear that for, like, a game? My first game, because back then, not yeah. today, they, they, get, they get the numbers immediately before you even get traded there. But back then, they had to take time to stitch the 43 together, so they needed a couple of days to get my uh, rail jersey. Well, they needed, like, a seamstress <laughs> exactly. to put it together. Oh. That was back in those days. Back in the old days when LZ, <laughs> when L- when LZ was still in junior high. All right, oh, listen, yeah. I, I got questions for you, Michael, yeah. uh, and LZ is, may not love to hear this, but there needs to be some tinkering done with Coach Vogel in this really? Lakers lineup. We, I, I believe there needs to be some tinkering no, done. Yeah, one tinkering. That's all I need to do, but you tell me yours when we come back. Just we will get to some tinkering on the other side, so stick around for that. We'll have some fun with you now that we know you're here. You know, I'm surprised you didn't join us earlier because this is your favorite game, overrated, underrated. Probably. Oh, yeah, no, I like that stuff. You guys are doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, this segment, by the way, presented by KNN Filtration. So we'll be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Back. I mean, that's what you kind of do anyway. So, like, what? Like, you just don't do it physically. Like, but you verbally assault us on a daily basis. Like, right. so much so that I feel like we should just go to HR. Right. Like, he's a total cyber bully. I can't yeah. go to HR. What's that? I can't go to HR. Why is that? They may ask follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that part of the equation. If I could sure. just drop it off and walk out the door, yeah. sure. Yeah. But if they say, hey, and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. After that, then it's a, a, a different discussion. Hey, by um, the way, a guy named Big E on, on Twitter said, hey, Sedano and LZ, can we get Kaplan to fight Jake Paul, Luke Paul, or whatever the hell Paul we can find? See, you asked the question, would you do a jackass-type bit for the right amount of money? If you said to me, look, I'll pay you X with a lot of zeros behind the X to go fight Jake Paul, um, so, sign me up. I'm Floyd Mayweather, all up in this mother. Would you fight Chris Paul? Would I fight Chris Paul? Yeah, why not? I mean, you know, for the right amount of money. Yes, Michael, I would fight Chris Paul too, although he seems like a decent enough guy. Jake Paul and his brother, they seem like kind of kind of jerks, frankly. Michael, I think we need to turn your microphone on. That's uh, first things first. But I would say... Oh, there it is. There, there we go. go. All right. Um, Get that right before the game, Michael. So, Michael, <laughs> right. he, he, here's some interesting stuff here. Yeah. Um, and I want to credit this right this person. Cronjies uh, McBasketball on Twitter. And I did double-check this stuff just because... You know, no offense to Cronjies McBasketball, but since he did have it first, I want to give it. Uh, I want to give it some love. Um, players on the Lakers with a higher shot frequency at the rim while playing with Marcus Gasol, LeBron James, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris, Alex Caruso, Taylor Horn Tucker, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Same frequency, Wesley Matthews. Only one player with lower frequency in their rotation. Montrez Harrell. Uh-huh. Is it time to give Marcus Gasol more minutes? No, that's not the answer. I mean, if he plays, that's fine. The Lakers don't need to go to Marcus Gasol. They just need to look within themselves, get Anthony Davis from floating outside like he's Dale freaking Ellis and put his big butt in the paint because he and Joel Embiid are the two most unstoppable players and skilled players in the paint. So why you got him outside taking 13 shots instead of taking 20 shots in the paint where – He'll get DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble. Jay Crowder has no chance to stop him. That's number one. They got to get the ball down low to to, to uh, uh, Anthony Davis. Number two, they got to make their threes. I don't. They don't need to make fifty, but you can't be shooting twenty six percent. And then number three, uh, they got to uh, make their free throws. They shot sixty percent last game. Get that up to eighty as a team. And uh, number four is slow down Phoenix. Phoenix is beating them up and down the floor. Make Phoenix play more half court. And then number five is. DeAndre Ayton, Ayton and Booker, you can't let those two young boys come by for 55. Keep them in the low 40s. My goodness, it ain't that hard. Wow, those are five bullet points. You listed five things. Five things that they all came home doing. That's hard. Why is that hard, LZ? This is a veteran team that won a title last year. 
it is a partially veteran team that won a title last year. Many of these players were not on that team that won last year. Well, the starting five is or was except no, for Drummond. No, Dennis. Yeah. Dennis wasn't on this squad. And Drummond. And Drummond wasn't on this squad. But they're longtime veterans. This ain't their first rodeo. Come on. It is Drummond's first rodeo, actually. He's not won a playoff game, I don't think, well, in his career. That's true, but he's been there before. <laughs> I think. Yeah, once. Been, yeah. I think once. There you go. Michael, you don't think. <laughs> but, 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 uh, but this is LZ. a brand new rodeo for no, him, Michael. He of, doesn't even know he's in the wait rodeo. Wait a minute. None of them st- sons been there. Their first rodeo, look how they did. Well, the, the difference is, of course, is that Chris Paul is the leader over there. Oh, please. He's not a better leader than LeBron. I'm, I will finish. <laughs> Let me finish. He's the leader over there who's had the opportunity to work with them since last summer. Andre Drummond is the person we picked up off the street while LeBron was hurt. Off the street. <laughs> I mean, he was was he or was he not a buyout? Well, yeah, but he wasn't like walking around Staples Center looking for a job. <laughs> no, man, you want to play? <laughs> yeah. Here's your choice: you can either do a jackass six or you can play for the Lakers. Which one are you gonna do? Yeah. No, <laughs> these guys gonna make the adjustment, and I think they will tonight. But it's, it all it all starts with Anthony Davis. I'll tell you what, let's listen to the first quarter. Anthony Davis better have 16 points efficiently in the first quarter. 16? What's wrong in the with first that? quarter? 16. Yeah, you can Michael. get 16 in the first quarter. Yeah. That's not really that hard exactly. when you're the biggest guy in the court. He's Anthony freaking Davis. <laughs> I mean, 16 in a one quarter is a Michael, lot. Michael, I was sitting next to Wilbon for the game, and we're both looking. Here we go. Damn, they're bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just so much bigger right. than the Phoenix Suns. Yep. It, is, it is offensive. Yep. It punish is them. absolutely offensive yes. not to punish them. Exactly. Drummond's <laughs> bigger than Aiton. Uh, uh, Anthony's way bigger than Crowder, and LeBron makes Mikal Bridges look like Don Knotts. <laughs> yeah, but those guys played with no fear. Let me I ask know. you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. If you tell me that Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis are the two most dominant players in the paint in the NBA. I'm scoring. Okay, then why doesn't AD play down there more? That's partly is, is his because, fault, and uh, the coach is not, not recognizing it. You're right. The, co- here, the coach here. is not recognizing it. Yes. How or, about that? Or can I pose it to you this way? The coach is saying, hey, here's what we want you to do. And him saying, that's not what I want to do. No, no, that's no, no, not no. what I you do. Call, no, no, no. I, I will tell you what it appears from the outside looking in. And Mike, you can tell if I'm crazy. Actually, I am crazy, but this is what I'm going to say. Go ahead. When you're that talented and able to do many things, that personality that Anthony Davis has tends to accept what you allow him to have because he's comfortable doing everything. So it doesn't put him – it's not off-putting for him. Right. What we need from Anthony Davis is to impose his will and decide what he's going to take, not wait for Phoenix to decide what he can have. That's a mental switch. It's not a talent switch. It's a mental switch. Exactly. Very well put, uh, LZ. Thank you, sir. You should talk to him before the game. Hopefully I just did. I know he's listening. That's right. He's got to be listening. Michael, the other thing is the Lakers three-point shooting has been woeful. Yeah. Okay? It's um, in the Warriors game and the Suns game, uh, over 80% of their threes. Like, this was – if you watch them, it's almost like like their strategy. Like, they are saying, okay, LeBron and AD can't beat us. We're going to try to let the others beat us. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, they barely beat the Warriors. Yep. Right? And then they lost to Phoenix – in the Phoenix game, okay, 24 of their 26 three-point attempts, the Lakers, were considered either open or wide open, all right? So either four to six feet of space or six feet or more of space. Only two were heavily contested. Like, 
The Lakers have been a bad three-point shooting team this year. 21, I believe, in the in the league. 21st yeah. in the league. And 25th in per, um That's 21st in percentage. 25th in makes. Like, this team... That that I don't know where they can get better there because you're not playing Macklemore heavy minutes. Like no. that's not going to happen. Well, that's streaky. I mean, we've seen Caldwell Pope go six of seven from three. We've seen Wes Matthews do that. We've seen Macklemore do five out of five. They're just a streaky team from three. You just don't ever know what you're going to get from game to game. But every now and then they do hit their hit their threes. Maybe today will be that day. Well, predictably, if LeBron didn't score a bunch of points and it was only eighteen. And if AD didn't as well, it was only yeah. 13. It's like, okay, who then is going to step up and contribute? And you got 12 from Drummond, 14 from Shooter. But other than that, it's gotta I, be guess, clues. I mean, yeah, somebody other than LeBron and AD must Kuz, contribute if those yeah, two guys aren't on a, their A game. It's three guys, Kuzma, Schroeder, or Schroeder. He says Schroeder. Kuzma, Schroeder, and Caldwell Pope. It's got to be those three guys consistently to step up and give them 18 to, to 20 points every game. They can right. do it. Now, now, Michael, I presented to these two gentlemen that I would like to see more than seven minutes out of Talon Horton Tucker. I made the point that he was a critical member of this team down the stretch when they needed him. He was part of the chemistry of this team. And in my opinion, if Kuzma's not on, um, if, if Caruso's not on, take so how a many few times minutes. they got to text the word rap before oh. we stop? Oh, I wasn't looking at <laughs> Yeah. I mean, how many times? I guess a bunch when you're not Greg? looking at your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Greg says rap, Michael, we got we have to stop on a dime, even in mid-word. Yeah. Contemplate that when we and come when back. Sod- and when Sedano types rap after Greg's type rap, that just means we really got to be quiet. Rap. Yeah. Exactly. Michael, stick around. We'll talk more with you about this on the other side. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Greg, what do you got? The great one, Wayne Gretzky, is going to be heading over to TNT to to head up their NHL coverage. And it's supposed to be just like Charles Barkley, apparently, where he is there as he's doing all of the NHL coverage to to be like uh, Barkley. That didn't Mm. go as I wanted to say it. Anyway, (laughs) what do you think of this move of of TNT trying to bring in Gretzky? Now, I don't know. I, I don't know Wayne Gretzky's personality like that. Um, you know, it's not very dry. No very way. dry. Not, I was gonna to say it, it kind of reminds me of like Joe Montana yeah. trying to be yes. a, that guy right. at one point, and it didn't mm-hmm. work out so well. Yeah, yeah. There's you a know, lot I, of guys I, in the league that could do that. He's not one of them. Yeah, and I, I, I know Wayne, and I say I know Wayne. I don't mean like we're best friends, but I know Wayne enough to know that that he doesn't have what Barkley has, and everybody wants to try and cast somebody as Barkley. I used to think when Fox had David Wells that he was sort of this outrageous, say-anything kind of guy, and that didn't quite work out. Nobody is Charles Barkley, and you can try and recreate it with fame, but Wayne Gretzky was a great hockey player. He has not proven to be like some really great television personality. Good move for TNT. Outside surprised, of Bar- surprised Wayne's going to give up all that golf course time. Outside of Barkley, the best, I think, personality anal- analyst is uh, Kendrick Perkins. Perk is good. I love Perk. He is great. He's funny. Yeah, he's funny and he's opinionated. He ain't yeah. afraid. Great on social. Yeah. yeah. And he watches games for sure. Like, there's no questioning that. Like, he's watching every game. That's like, right. he, yeah. he's always tweeting about every single game. Um, he doesn't now- fall asleep like the guys on TNT? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about those guys. Well, they don't have to watch the game. Nobody, nobody's listening to them for their game analysis. They're That's listening right. to to watch Shaq massage Charles's leg. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know? They want the three uncles just you know yapping at each other. Basically, that's what you're watching for. Um, all right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. 
good times. But yeah, look, I, I, the Gretzky things did strike me as something that was a little strange. But all right, we'll see. That's I guess so weird. I, I do like Fox's baseball uh, playoff group of Poppy and A Rod and Frank Thomas. I did like it when Pete Rose was out oh, on yeah. there Pete, too. Pete was great. He was very. Why good. Why did they bring him back? He had something that came up from way in his past that wasn't ideal. What, gambling? Oh, really? What say. was that? Yeah. Gambling? No, 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 no. We we could talk about it some other time. It just oh. it's not worth bringing up again. <laughs> um, it it just it wasn't good. Uh, but and we don't know if it was true. What did it, it rhyme was, with? Yeah. Memorabilia. Oh, that it, it rhymed with memorabilia. That's a tough one to rhyme right there. Yeah. What, wasn't um, it just uh, memorabilia? <laughs> yeah. Memorabilia. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I'll just tell you later. It, it's okay. It, it, it's it's not worth talking about. Put up a um, poll. Should George tell us now? Yeah, we're all adults, George. <laughs> Clean it up. What, no, to, you're putting in such an awkward no. position. No, I don't. I, you know. I don't want to be the guy who tells you this. Google. Are, are you, fine. I'm going to look All right. Up. He was reportedly fired for underage, underage sex allegations. Oh, are you what? okay now? Yeah, well, what? Yeah. That's, that's there, public, there we go. That's See? public knowledge. That's yeah, public that. knowledge. Yeah. yeah true. Damn. I thought, it was, I thought it was like secret stuff. <laughs> yeah. It actually did rhyme with memorabilia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, George, you're going to crack under pressure when we put you on the witness stand. Man, oh, what? man. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I confess. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, anyway. Um, so anyhow, but, you know, they were only allegations, and allegations are not convictions. So, I mean, but still very serious enough that if you're Fox, I get why you distance yourself from that. Like, oh, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, um, Gretzky, we'll see. What did uh, he get in trouble again for, George? What was jerk. it? <laughs> Stop. He's a jerk. Something about memorabilia or something? Yeah. So anyhow, yeah, well, he had some memorabilia stuff too. There's that. But the, uh, I guess that threw you off because he does have memorabilia things that has gone that have gone on too. But anyway, uh, so Lakers are playing tonight. Uh-huh. You and uh, Sliwa are going to be going at it here in about thirty minutes, yeah. and. Scott had a question for you. Scott is trying to jam THT into this rotation somehow. Right. Go ahead, Scott. That's Ask right. him again. Here goes, Michael Thompson. Yeah. So THT played seven minutes in game one. Caruso played 24 minutes in that game. I don't want to take away from Caruso, but if he's not hot, if he's not shooting well, he was all right. He was four for nine uh, from the field, but I would take a few minutes there. Uh, Kuz had a, a really rough game offensively. I mean, he didn't take a lot of shots, but he was over two. He had 19 minutes. Point I'm making is very simply this. We talk about how Phoenix doesn't have a whole lot of playing experience in the postseason, and yet those guys went out and balled. I look at a THT, who's still a young guy, but he had a really good year. In my opinion, he has earned more than seven minutes, particularly when other guys aren't really contributing. Michael, that's my case. I'd like to see THT get more than seven minutes. I think what they're mostly afraid of fellas is he's kind of reckless he's kind of out of control Mm -hmm. and we know that in playoffs possessions are so valuable you can't afford to be giving away extra possessions you got to can't be so careless with the ball and I think that's why Frank and the staff may not trust him quite yet and would rather have a veteran guy in there like a Wes Matthews or even a Caruso who takes better care of the ball because you know uh Tucker, he he takes chances. He's 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 daring. He's uh you know he he's reckless, and he, they just they, sometimes he just throws the ball away too much. Well, yeah. from my perspective, when I was at the game, I'm not sure how much was actually televised, but he took a a contested layup, and and I don't think he's as reckless as much as he is narcissistic. He doesn't think anybody can hold him. Yeah, and. 
he typically only looks at the person who's in front of him. He doesn't look behind that person to see what he's, he can get by anybody. Sure. Most people in the NBA can. It's what's behind that player that you got to kind of account for. He, he's not there yet in terms of that layered defense. But I do know that after missing that contested layup, which um, ultimately led to a fast break opportunity for Phoenix, there was a timeout called and Anthony Davis didn't look at him directly, but you could see him yelling at THT, and it looked as if he was saying, pass the, the ball. And we never saw THT again after that. So I'm not even sure if it was the coaching staff as much as it was Anthony Davis. And, you know, he was, it looked, he was quite demonstrative for Anthony Davis anyway in talking to THT as they were heading toward the bench. Yeah, that's a good point. I noticed that too. And, and, you don't think, and, and you don't think Marcus Saul just can give you a few minutes, particularly, again, if Anthony Davis is struggling offensively. And by the way, George, you made the point earlier that he struggled on defense as well. If Andre Drummond isn't really that much of a factor, you don't think that Marcus Saul can just give you a few minutes and give you a few points? Well, when you Phoenix is spreading the liquid, when DeAndre Ayton's off the floor, they bring in Saric, who's more of an outside guy who right. doesn't look to post. And so they spread out the Laker defense even more, which will make a, a slow guy like Gasol have to move his feet laterally, which he just can't do as well as Drummond or, or uh, Harrell can. Okay. And then my, yeah. last, my last thing has just been about if you're struggling offensively, if LeBron and AD aren't having big nights and other guys aren't you know, taking up the slack, what about putting in a guy like McLemore who – yeah, good shooter, right? And could light things up quickly. Yeah, you can put on. him out there. You're right, because he's the, he's streaky. He could come in and you also- aren't playing Ben McLemore in a playoff game for your life, basically. Like, well, come on, you can't go down. Oh, you could, you could. You are not a, playing Ben McLemore. Stop. You could give that. him a couple if, of if minutes. Judd Boosler can find a way to get on the yeah. court. In the no, game. no, no. Ben McLemore. Yes, is he all, did. Judd Boosler was on the floor, but he was playing with Michael Jordan and Scottie no. Pippen and Dennis Rodman. No, and Ben okay. McLemore would be and playing, playing with LeBron James and AD. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell, And he's, he's streaky. He, he no, could come in. No. He might come in and hit three threes. No. That's how he is, uh, Sedano. Judd Boucher played what? Six minutes? Yeah. Well, maybe you could give McLemore Impactful three minutes, minutes to see if he can knock no, down a couple of threes. not playing no Ben McLemore. Get out of here with that. First of all, I guarantee you we might see Ben McLemore. And second of all, if we don't see him and we Darren do, Gam- that's Darren Damn T. Darren Damn, not Darren Damn. If we don't see Ben McLemore and we lose in similar fashion, I'm giving Frank the side eye because he's not willing to try different things, even things that may seem a little bit crazy, which is a hallmark of every single championship coach I've ever seen since I've been watching the league. They all take a chance when things aren't going as yeah. planned. Yeah, they, they were so bad from three. I would have taken a chance to put McLemore in just ben, a couple of minutes to see if he could ben, knock down a couple. Ben McLemore plays in a blowout. That's what he plays. In the place. But he's streaky. You just never know what that guy, George. He might be hot tonight. When you're, when you're down by 12 like they were in the last game and nobody seems to be – nobody can hit a shot, I mean, I'm just looking down the bench going, okay, that guy right there, he can shoot. Let's give him a couple of shots and see what he's got tonight. Yeah. It's worth a try if you're down 12 and nobody else is making shots. Uh, sit down. you got to try something. You know, you, you, you're stubborn. I'm not stubborn. And by the way, what, when are your Miami Heat going to show up? Way to go, boys. Well, they should have stole game one. They just they, they dropped the ball. I hear they're going to have a full house in Miami for game three. 17,000. Yeah, good. Any kind close. of house they want. This, this was like a wrap. <laughs> I'm just going to be <laughs> well, let's see. I, I thought Milwaukee would come out of the East, and then I was swayed by what the Nets were doing. 
But I'm not surprised by Milwaukee's start to the postseason. Yeah. Because you could tell it was their time. Uh, I will say this. I mean, they should have lost game one. Miami blew that game. Yeah. Like that, that, that wasn't, they, they didn't, they got crushed yesterday, but they all count like one. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter whether you lose by 50 or you lose by one. They lost by one or whatever it was, two in the first game. They should have won that game. Giannis was shook at the free throw line, and they, they had that opportunity to steal one on the road, and they didn't. You got to take game one, I always feel like, if you're the road team. Boy, this, this this league has gotten so soft. You see how they gave Trevor Ariza a flagrant one. Oh, for that thing. Can I couldn't believe, believe it. Unbelievable. He just pushed off of yeah. Giannis as he was getting himself up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did it on purpose, but my goodness. That's, but, uh, it is soft. The league was, has gotten soft. Kind of where he was touching him, too. With his left hand? Mm, kind of seemed like he was in the nether region. Well, he was on his upper right thigh. It was where he pushed like off he from. he was trying to like, you hey, I'm going to push, yeah. push myself up on you on that, and that's going to hopefully hurt you. Yeah, but you know, give him a warning or something, man. My goodness, Michael, he's... you played and there was no, there was oh. no flagrant unless there was blood. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You remember what McHale did to Kurt Rambis? That was just a regular foul. Yeah, he, right. <laughs> didn't clotheslined to, him. Clotheslined him, almost killed Kurt Rambis, and didn't no technical foul or nothing. Now I'm glad they took that out of the game. You don't is need the that. Soft or is it just smarter? Because that's dumb. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're right about that, LZ. <laughs> right. I'm glad but he took no, that but, out. But LZ, there is a middle ground. The league has gotten soft. No, yeah. No, there is there is definitely a middle ground. I I don't like the phrase soft because I I think that what it also does and not acknowledge that the skill set of the players has also changed. Mm-hmm. That just because everyone's not in the paint beating up on each other doesn't mean that it's soft. It means those guys who used to beat up each other in the 80s and 90s can handle the rock, can shoot threes, and can do other things now that they couldn't do in the 80s and hey, 90s. Hey, we could do it too. We just weren't, that wasn't the style back then, LZ. Pat Riley wasn't letting wasn't, you shoot yeah. nothing. I, <laughs> but I could shoot him. We could shoot him. Yeah. It just wasn't the thing back then, LZ. Yeah. We all shot him so, in practice so you, and stuff. So you could have got the rock, brought it up, because you're the same yeah. height as KD. Oh, yeah. I, brought it up like KD yes. and dropped yeah. a bucket. I could do so, all that stuff, but that wasn't, that wasn't my job, but that wasn't expected of us back then. So if there 40 years that, ago. If you could do that extremely well mm-hmm. and Pat didn't utilize you in that way, well, he left about two chips on the table as far as I'm concerned. That was the style back then, LZ. If you were 6'9 or taller, get in the paint and just uh, let the guards the bring guy, it up. The first no, real need, big guy that watch Don I, Nelson. The first real big guy I saw shooting threes was Sam Perkins. No, it's Jack no, Sigma. Jack no, Sigma before Jack him. Sigma and Bill Lambeer were first. Yeah, Lambeer too. Yeah. Well, Lambeer was shooting threes though regularly, was he? Well, yeah, Sam he was. Sam yeah, shot absolutely. threes. Yeah, yeah Jack Sigma. Sigma stuff started Sigma. stepping out. Yeah. When he was in Milwaukee, yeah. yeah later yeah, on in his fact, career. I think I think Bill was before Jack Sigma actually. In terms no, of Sigma was uh, before Bill. Bill came after. Okay. Sigma's okay. older because I played against him. Mm-hmm. Wrap it up. Oof. Greg's just to wrap, so we have to wrap. Michael, you sticking around for one more? Yeah, I got Come nothing on. to do until 5.30. Yeah, might as well. Uh, all right, by the way, big rivalry day today in baseball. Dodgers, Astros, and by the way, there's allegations against your Los Angeles Dodgers. Or are they? We'll explain what the hell that means in a second. Sedano, so LZ, and Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. Got a couple more minutes here before we get to... Slee and Michael for the pregame. Lakers Suns right here on the home of your Los Angeles Lakers, 710 ESPN, as they will play in game two. Very now, confident tonight, boys. Lakers by 12. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm feeling good. You, were, you wearing your uh, your lucky Zubaz pants? Yes, I do. I have, do, do have my purple and gold on. I got three pairs of those. Really? How old are those pants? You I, just, I just ordered them last week. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So they're not from the 80s. No, not from saying. the 80s. So I, I lost those in my many moves. So I went online and ordered like nine pairs of Zubas. They still make Zubas? Yeah. You don't sell them in stores. We get them online, sure. Had no idea. Yeah, are man. they brand new or are they used? Brand 
brand new. Used. 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 Who's buying used clothes? Yeah. People buy vintage clothes no, online. You know? but no, but mine is brand new, baby. Brand new, that's baby. Right. That's Get right. them brand new Zubas. So I feel like I'm back at Gold's Gym in Venice Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I miss uh, that place. Yeah, that was great, boy. I used to go over there. One time I was lifting weights over there, LZ, next to this person on a bench, and they were racking up. They had 225 pounds on each on the bar, so that's yeah, 225, and they were like <laughs> going up like 12 reps, 15 reps. I say, man, that guy's strong. She, it sat up. That was a woman. I say, like, wow. whoa, man. Damn. I just clipped uh, 225 for the first time in a couple months. Yeah. And um, How many reps? Just five. Oh, that's good. You're yeah, in shape. You got them I, nice pecs. You see those pecs? I used to be, used to be stronger than that. Yeah. But I, I brought it up because I remember growing up thinking, if I could just get to 225. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you saw the guys <laughs> in the Wasn't that the number, man? Totally. <laughs> totally. Because, you know, you'd warm up with 135. Yeah, 135. You know, then you could maybe get from 135. You're like, oh, you know, I feel good. I did 12 reps. I'm going right to 185. Right. You know, and then you might have the stop in between at 205 before you get to 225, but everybody wanted that 225 yep, on there. Yeah. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> what's your, what's your uh, peak uh, cap? What's the most you ever did? The most I ever benched in college was 275, I proudly tell that's you, 30 good. plus wow. years later. That's exactly the same number I hit. That's what you that. Well, I was all juicy back then, you know? I did and too. I don't mean like juicing. I just mean like I was just big and heavy yeah. and thick and working out like I'm, you know, like an offensive lineman as a mm. kicker. Two eighty-five. I have max. not put more than two than a forty-five on each side. That's it's it. Easily, easily like five to seven years. One thirty-five. Just because there's not, there's no point. I'm not, I'm not sitting there trying to, you know, do anything other than just stay in shape. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm with that. I'd rather just do more reps yeah. at one thirty-five, and that's the end. Of yeah. It. Yeah. I've just gone all dumbbells through the through the pandemic and working out at home. Well, I, just, I right. I, I, yeah. I've only gone dumbbells since the pandemic. But yeah. LZ, where are you lifting like that? You back in the gym? No, no LZ gym. built a gym in his garage. Oh, no, but you got a full, like, um, full yeah, weights like full that? Weight set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a full weight set. I have a tonal, but I still like how the free weights forces your stabilizer muscles to yeah. uh, be activated. Yeah. And it's actually where... The- this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The real growth happens when you fire up those stabilizing muscles. So I always have to keep those free weights around. Do you know that me and Kermit Washington were the pioneers of pumping iron in the, in the NBA back really? in the early 80s? They, uh, I, I broke my leg, so I had nothing to do. So I figured I got to get in the weight room. This is 1980. And back then, they used to discourage us from lifting weights. Oh, it's going to make you muscle bound and mess up your shooting touch. So weightlifting in the NBA was frowned upon. Now it's mandatory. Yeah. Now you mentioned, you know, we were talking about soft. You know, has the NBA gotten soft? Mm-hmm. You know, they're putting out these, you know, texts over certain things. Now, now Kermit, he was the guy that punched out Rudy yeah, too, right? Right. See, right. he was all like lifting, strong, feeling good, and then Rudy came running and pop. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Kermit didn't know that Rudy was coming and acting as a peacemaker. When a yeah. fight breaks out, we see a different uniform coming in. You don't know if the guy's coming into as an agitator or a peacemaker. So Kermit just turned instinctively and reacted, and uh, and unfortunately, because we all know Rudy's one of the nicest people around, and yeah, Rudy wasn't coming yeah. to 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 a. Uh, to, uh, to uh, like uh, enhance the fight. He was trying to come and help break it up. 
Yeah, that's one yeah, of the man, worst that's, punches that's in straight, sports. That's some street stuff, though, Michael. Yeah. And, and Rudy T, he's from Hamtramck, which is right inside the heart of Detroit. Mm-hmm. You would have thought he would have brought some of that with him. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. You Nobody. don't roll up on no dude like that, man. I don't care what you think you're trying to do. Yeah, assess the situation before you run up on somebody like that, yeah, man. Kermit Washington was nobody. Nobody messed with Kermit. He was yeah. like the James Johnson of his day. Yeah, but he was so full speed that when he punched him, yeah. I mean, his legs were still running right. and his head went Oof. backwards. That's like one he of almost, the all-time great punches. He almost sports. died. He almost yeah. killed him, man. Yeah. yeah, that's how serious that was. I know yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned. Of ser- uh, I'm sorry, George. I'm just oh, curious, Michael. You mentioned how you. Uh, and Kermit were the pioneers of weightlifting. But yeah. whenever I see pictures of Oscar Robertson, yeah. it looks like he's yoked. Oh, yeah. Some guys are just naturally like that. Billy Ray Bates, who I played with, didn't lift a weight in his life. He was 6'4", 224, but 2% body. T.R. Dunn, I don't know if you guys remember him. Oh, he, yeah. had, he, he had arms look like Mr. Olympia arms. Some guys just from the South just born that way. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, you know, a little hate, right, a little extra, you know, Dodgers Astros, two right. game set. Mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw tonight. It's got to be a little extra motivation, Michael, as a competitor, right, against these guys. I don't know. That's th- what's up, four years ago now? You don't think still? Nah, it's time to move on. The Dodgers got their championship. Yeah, okay, they might have been cheated out of one, but they got their ring. And uh, most some of those guys from the Astros are gone. So if I was on the Dodgers, I'd be like, uh, let's move on. I wouldn't. You wouldn't? You hold that no. grudge forever, LZ? Forever, Michael. And I would make sure that my shade was as gentle and as subtle as snow itself. Mm-hmm. I would. I may not say anything for like the first 18 questions, mm-hmm. but that 19th question, I might do something like, I don't know, I feel a little banged up, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that game is in the can. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I would have kept trolling them like that and just walked on out and not said anything and just let the real smart and observant yeah. reporters pick up on it, like oh, that Aaron Rodgers stuff. Yeah. I don't know. What about you guys? You guys would hold that grudge still? I would, down yes. I, I need that edge. I, I, I do. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I do. Well, I need the edge. I, I When I used to do solo shows um, back in the day, um, I had a boss that drove me insane, okay? And – Whenever the days that would happen that he would drive me insane, I probably had my best shows because I just wanted to just like, I, you know, because I, wa- I was so focused on just like how annoyed, annoyed, annoyed he made me, I wanted to be like as good as I could be just to be like, give him the finger basically. So you're like Poppy. Poppy still holds a grudge from Le- about LeBron because he left Miami. <laughs> yeah, he does, right? Yeah, he does. But LeBron sent him a bunch of pizzas from Blaze Pizza that one time on the air. So and they made up? Is he made up? No, I'd probably not. Okay. Probably I'm not. with you, though, Michael. I think... Caesars instead or something? <laughs> Michael, I think that if, if the Dodgers had not, at this date, been world champions themselves, then guys like Clayton Kershaw would still hold this very angry grudge towards the Astros, which he may, he may still have. But the fact that the Dodgers have already won a title and, and the fact that they're on fire right now, I, I wouldn't be worrying about what happened in 2017 myself. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe like you hold on to the edge to give you fired up for the series. But, yeah, I would be on to trying to win more rings and not be dwelling in the past. Well, you could do both. You can do both, huh? You can do both. I mean, yeah. Michael was motivated by both. Oh, yeah, well, that guy. And there's nothing wrong with a little sports hate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or just good Again, old fashioned, just regular hate. 
I mean, th- sometimes. I mean, you know, that, that, that's I mean, if anybody, should, you should be pissed off that baseball didn't do anything about it. I mean, they didn't do anything you mean, to the Astros. You mean like strip them of the title? I mean, anything, though. They did just nothing. Just suspend people, they, do they, something. They scapegoated right? the manager and the general manager, and the players right, right. all got off scot-free. Right. Like they, they did poured, nothing. Made poor Dusty stand up there and take all the bullets all They did make long. Dusty take mm-hmm. all the bullets. All of them. Every of them. single one. Answering questions for stuff he wasn't even around for. Can you believe that? I almost cursed right there. Can you believe that bleep? Like, that's insane to me. Well, Dusty just said, hey, I wasn't here. I had nothing to do with it. Let's move on. Yeah. All right, speaking of moving on. Yeah, Yeah, speaking of moving on. Hey, a long Memorial Day weekend is almost here. How are you celebrating it? Or maybe, uh, you know, you're cooking out, you know, doing the pool thing. Maskless. How about that? Hitting the beach. Right, a drive down the coast. Maybe you're gonna, you know, be in Orange County, and uh, you know, maybe you'll run into Michael somewhere. You never know. Uh, but before you hit the highway for your Memorial Day celebration, pull into your neighborhood Valvoline and let the expert technicians make sure your rides in peak performance. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, more. Pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. minutes visit visit your their website, SoCalOilChange.com, for locations and game-winning coupons on your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Man, what a rough day it's been for me reading. Uh, nonetheless, Michael, quickly, you said Lakers by 12 Lakers today? Lakers by 12 tonight, yeah. Okay, Kaplan? Lakers by two. Uh, LZ? Lakers by 17. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, I'm going to say Lakers by eight. Okay, Lakers by eight. Briones? By five. Greg? By 10. All right, so there you go. Let's see who gets it right tomorrow. Uh, Michael, I know you'll, you'll – when do they play again? They play uh, – Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Thursday night. Thursday. So come back Thursday, and we'll talk more nonsense with you. Uh, I can't because that's a home game, and i got to go Oh, to, it's a home game. Oh, and i got to go to i got to go to that party with uh, – yeah. Oh, you're meeting and greeting. Are you bowing with everyone yeah, there? Yeah, bowing. Don't be sticking your hands out of me, folks. I, I told them. I told them that you need to bow. Just bow. Need to bow to you. That's okay. right. All right, fair enough. All right, well, have fun at that, and thank you for stopping by. Me and Michael Cooper are going to be there. Oh, cool. oh cool. yeah, Coop! Who should have been? Who sh- I'm going to let him come over there and vent because he should have been one of the Hall, Hall of Fame inductees. Will they? Will they allow Byron in the same room with you since he punched you that oh, one time? There you, you go were... again with that false rumor. Okay, I'm just saying. I don't know. James Worthy told me the same thing. So like <laughs> Those are receipts. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 